I've never preached on this, you guys, ever in my life. It's kind of scary to preach about it. Sodom, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to use that anyway. So I'm going to be talking about escaping from disasters. Have you ever needed to escape from a potential disaster? Have you ever escaped from a disaster or a near-death experience? Yeah. I've been in lots of near-death experiences, and I bet you between all of us, who knows how many we could list. Bet there'd be a lot from our little group here. NDEs, near-death experiences. I know. Uh, yes, Chucky, I'm, I'm sure Julio's been through a few. Um, so anyway, we want to be alert because we live in a crazy world that's getting crazier. And so if we look at Genesis 19, we have this story of these, uh, God goes to Abraham. He shows up in, in this three, this threesome. And um, they're like angels and, and God. They, they come and they visit him. And then they, after they bless him and receive his hospitality, then uh, Abraham, they, they tell Abraham, hey, we're going to go down. We've heard the outcry of, from this terrible place, Sodom and Gomorrah. And so we're going to go check it out. And, uh, and so they go down. And, uh, but just two of them go down. God doesn't go, but the two angels go. Uh, but they're just called men. Um, so they go down to Sodom um, in the evening. Actually, it says they're called angels in the beginning. But they're in the bodily form. I imagine them looking like Rex or, or Ernesto or someone. Or one of us, you know. Um, so they go down there. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth. It said, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. I think he was kind of uptight because he knew that it was a nasty place. Um, and we know that because uh, then, he, then he said, then you may rise up early and go your way. Like you wouldn't want to hang around here very long. Right. Um, that's kind of a weird thing that if someone invites you, they don't just say, well, hey, hurry and come to my house so you can take a shower so you can get up early and get and get out of town. Right. You wouldn't feel very welcome, would you? Right. They said, no, we'll spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. Like, no, come on right now, you guys. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread. They make unleavened bread when you want to get out of town. Right. Unleavened bread is the fastest possible bread you can make. Apparently. Yeah. Fast food. Okay. And they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people, to the last man surrounded the house. Wow, every guy, young and old, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them or we may know them. And um, that obviously means like sexual knowing, rape. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and he said, I beg you, my brothers. It's kind of weird he calls them brothers. Do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. Wow. That sounds like a pretty... What a character Lot is. I mean, how would you like to have him as your dad? It's like, man, he's been 
stuck. I mean, he's calling them brothers because he's become one of them, it sounds like it, right? He's messed up. This is a guy who's not a protective dad. He's protective of his visitors, but not of his daughters, right? And what kind of visitors are they? Visitors are angels. Okay, so he's thinking he needs to save the saviors, right? But he doesn't, I don't think he knows who he's dealing with, right? He doesn't know they're angels. I don't think he knows they're angels. So, but but imagine, even if you had, even if you wanted to save a couple guys, throwing out your daughters to the wolves, like, whoa. Yeah, to every man in town, just do whatever you please with my daughters. Like, wow, this guy's messed up, okay? Uncomprehendable. But they said, but they said to him, stand back. They said to Lot, right? Stand back. And he said, oh, no, excuse me. The people of Sodom said, stand back, Lot. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break down the door. Uh-oh. So whatever he was trying to do in throwing out his daughters to them didn't work. They wanted the two men the angels and, and Lot himself. So this is a bad situation, right? Like horrible, evil, evil place, right? Okay. But the men reached out their hands and they brought Lot into the house. Okay. Wow. And with, they brought Lot into the house with them and they shut the door. Okay. Wow. What a relief, except they're all surrounding the door, right? And they struck with blindness, the men who were at the entrance of the house. Okay. Wow. That's something that an ordinary visitor couldn't do, right? Striking everyone with blindness. I think if I were Lot, if I were Lot's daughters, I'd be like, "Wow, okay, these guys, these guys are are trustworthy. They're definitely more uh, trustworthy than my dad." Okay, right? So, uh, so they they wore, the people wore themselves out groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, "Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else in the city?" Bring them out of this place. For we are about to destroy this place because the, the outcry against his people has become great before the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to the sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters, up, get out of this place for the Lord's about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be joking. Okay. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot saying, up, take your wife and your daughters, your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. So, wow, these guys were merciful to Lot. If I were them, I'd want to take the daughters and the wife and leave Lot, okay? I'd, I'd be, I'm, kind of, I'm pissed off at this guy. Like, why is he getting a break? But in a way, what, what we're seeing here is that Lot is, is sort of like someone who's become He's bought into the, the society. He's been like contaminated by the society. And that can happen to any of us, right? We can get used to a lot of stuff that's dark and that's nasty about our society and just think, okay, well, that's not that big of a deal. And we make compromises and then we get, we get to the point where, you know, we're, you know, we're justifying a lot of bad stuff, right? Have you ever seen that happen? Have you ever seen yourself sort of get, you know, like we, Stuff that maybe would have outraged you in the past. You're just like, oh, yeah. Like like I think about movies and stuff, how everything's getting more violent. And, um, and you know, in the past, I wouldn't, I'd be just appalled by even something that now we would look at and go, that's not violent. Because everyone, our appetite for violence grows. And Hollywood knows that. And so 
you know, there's more and more violent films and, and evil is happening in the films because it, it's entertaining and we're looking for entertainment and something that's not that dark, not that evil, not that violent, you know, not that graphic is, is boring. And so people, people go towards, you know, worse and worse stuff, right? And it seems like everything is being accepted now, you know, yeah. legalizing drugs and defunding the police. And yeah. Things are getting darker. And you think about even drugs, like how we go for, uh, you know, we go for things that we would have never even thought. Like, I remember fentanyl was just like something no one would even think to try. But now it's like normalized. It's, it's, it's used by lots of people, right? And we have more and more overdose deaths because of that. And but anyway, all of us need to think about how we're compromising with the society, don't we? And so, because I think all of us can be guilty. And um, maybe before we would have been more generous towards a homeless guy, but now we're thinking, well, that guy doesn't deserve it. He's kind of, because our society is getting harder, harder towards the poor. And so is that happening to us? You know, we need to just ask that question. Um, like I loved it back in the day when Heather there was a guy who was a homeless guy who was really sick. What's his name? Craig. Craig, who, you know, and Heather really cared about that person and just was really, her heart was tender towards that person. And she was saying, we got to go visit him. We got to go, you know, and, and, and I, I just thought that was so beautiful that Heather, her heart was, was soft towards that guy who had been on the streets for a long, long time, right? And we don't want to harden our hearts. And that's something that we can do easily. Um, towards immigrants, towards people with mental health issues, people who are addicts. You know, we don't want to harden our hearts. That, that's what Jesus says, that in the last days, you know, um, lawlessness will increase and the hearts, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. You know, the, the one who endures the chaos without your love growing cold, that's the one that will be saved, right? Matthew 15, the love. Yeah, and so look what happens here. So the angels, they are on point, okay? These guys these guys remind me of Julio, who's like totally aware of all the dangers and would be like there to protect me, I know, if I was in trouble. Um, so Lot, um, as morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. Okay, and this is the problem. This is kind of what we're going to talk about. Jason's going to share in a few minutes some a story, you know. Well, lingering is the danger, right? So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters. So these guys were like visitors that were sent by God to save these people. And they weren't going to let Lot just get swept away because they had a mission to do. And, you know, we, we need to think about ourselves this way. These angels are like you and me, okay? We can be like these guys. We're called to go two by two. Like Jesus sent out his disciples. And maybe part of what our calling is, is to warn people. And even to kind of grab people and say, hey, come on, you gotta, you gotta make a move. You know, we gotta see, you know, people need to be helped to, to get into the recovery maybe. You know, um, it's, uh, or whatever it is, you know? Or maybe just, they need, they need an intervention. Sometimes we need to like urge somebody like, hey, come to the Bible study. You know, somebody who's like, or somebody maybe who's suicidal. We need to say, hey man, you're a great person. Don't let the enemy just tear you down and make you feel like you're worthless, right? We need to be the agents of salvation. And so the, 
these guys are helping people that don't even deserve it because they're so asleep and sort of caught up in the culture. So um, as morning dawned, the angels urged him, up, take your wife, your two daughters who are there here, lest you be swept away. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand. And the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. So they helped them. But then they say, you go now. You get out. You run for your life. And as they um, do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley, um, escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, oh, no, my lords, behold, your servant is if he's found favor in your sight and you've shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I can't escape to the hills. So I can't believe this guy's so completely lost, you know, like asleep. He says, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, the city, this city is near enough to flee to, and it's a little one. Let me escape there. It's just a little one, and my life will be saved. He said to him, behold, I will grant you this favor also, and I will not overthrow the city which you've spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive. Okay, then the sun, when the sun had risen on the earth, when Lot came to that town, then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife looked behind. Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Okay, so that's crazy. So they said, don't look back, escape your life, right? But Lot's wife was like thinking about all the fast food restaurants in Sodom and and all of her homegirls or, you know, whatever it was, she was thinking about the mall and like, you know, getting her fingernails done and her favorite fingernail place. And, you know, just whatever she was thinking about, right? The latte stand that she'd go to every morning. She just was like thinking, oh, it's not that evil. Yeah, they were going to do that to my daughters or my, my, my son, my, my husband was going to throw my daughters to those guys. But look, they didn't do anything to them. They were just going to, hurt my husband and it, who knows how she was thinking just we get into that crazy thinking right so i want to show you something from luke 17 and then jason's going to share something jesus um can someone turn the light on i can't see up here <laughs> jesus um the pharisees come to jesus and they said um they ask when the kingdom of God would come, you know, like when is the good new world going to come? Because this world is really sucky. It's messed up. And and then Jesus says, the kingdom of God is not coming in a way that can be observed. Nor will you, they say, look, here it is or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you, is in the midst of you. OK, so that's interesting. So the kingdom of God is like in our relationships. Kingdom of God is like when we're acting in response to God's saving agents, like those angels, or, you know, when we're acting, maybe when God's speaking to us. I mean, what is he saying? The kingdom of God is within us. I mean, it can be now. We don't have to just wait for some time when Jesus returns. It's like, it's about now, here and now. Like maybe the kingdom of God is about escaping a disaster because we're paying attention to what God's saying to us. I think that's what he's saying. Because look what he goes on to say. Um, then his disciples said, then he said to his disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days 
that I was here with you guys, the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them. You know, right now we live in one of those times where people are saying, you got to listen to this person. I mean, they, they're talking about this or that happening. And, and you got to check out this Facebook, you know, site or this, web, you know, whatever, this YouTube channel. You know, there's, there's a lot of kind of conspiracy stuff. And people are trying, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's very convincing that, it, that a lot of people are being misled. And Jesus is saying, don't follow them. Okay. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. Like when Jesus is going gonna, is gonna to come and going to save us, you're going to know. Okay, don't go after all these conspiracies, right? Um, but first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So suffering is part of the picture, even before we get the relief. You know, suffering is part of the picture. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the, in the days of the Son of Man. Son of Man is like when Jesus is acting to save us. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage. You know, they were up at the, at the casino. They were down in Seattle doing this or that. Until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So in other words, Jesus is saying, look, you guys, a lot of stuff is, is um, you know, is... is uh, can distract us where we're like asleep. We're just put to sleep and we're not paying attention, right? And likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot. Okay, there we go. Jesus is going to talk about Lot. They were eating and drinking and buying and selling and planning and building, just like us, right? We're just going about our daily lives, our week, work week, our schedule. But on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who's on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. In other words, like when God tells you, like, it's time to get, you know, to do this or that, don't hesitate. Don't go back now. Okay, now is the time. When, when now is the time to go and to act, you got to do it. Um, and likewise, let the one who's in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. So anyway, um, Jason has a story about an opportunity that came about for him to possibly escape a situation or be caught up in it. Are you ready, Jason, to, to share? That's going to kill on my breath. Okay, and just make sure you talk. Oh yeah, you got to stand right there. See right there, you stand back. Stand back. Go for it. Hello. Okay, so uh, Bob Bob called me yesterday and asked me if uh, <clears throat> if I could think about maybe a situation that I had like a bad feeling and I I left or maybe I didn't leave and something happened and. I kind of reflected on it and tried to think. And um, one one instance that really stuck out to me that um, that I, I'm going to share with you guys. Um, the last time that I was locked up, I was uh, I was going to church and I was going to Bible study. And like before, I'd never done that. Right? It's a new thing. I was like active, actively seeking out um, a relationship with God. So. <clears throat> Uh, on this particular day, um, it was Thursday, I believe, and um, 
I went out to yard and uh, the first movement for yard to go in and then you go in and you can go to whatever appointments you have. So I went in and I went to the Bible study and when I was at the Bible study, there was a riot on the yard. And um, unfortunately, like all my people got caught up in it. So when I, when the, the movement was over, they finally let us out. They came and got me, cuffed me up, took me to the hole. And, um, you know, I found out what happened. And uh, fortunately, you know, because I was at Bible study, I was able to, you know, I went to the hole, but I got out a couple of days later and I wasn't, I didn't get sent out, you know, and, and uh, it kind of really made me make, think about the fact that at that time I had been like a change had happened in me, you know what I mean? Like my thinking was different and um, I just kind of felt like, okay, I'm on a path. I'm supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Like other things that had happened where I could have got sent out and I didn't for some reason. What do you mean by sent out? To another institution. Like I was in a riot when I first got to Monroe at the camp and uh, that's how I ended up inside. You know what I mean? And that, that was rare. Usually they send you out. They, don't, they won't send you to the right there, you know, if you're involved in a riot. So, and both of those incidents happen, happened within like a year and a half of each other. So to dodge the second one, because I was at Bible study, like it was really like, wow, you know, this is, this is one of those moments, you know what I mean? Where I need to think about, you know, you know, what if, but so that's just, you know, an experience for me that happened that um, I'd like to share with you guys, you know. So, Jason, could you have easily blown off that Bible study? Yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you, did you almost blow it off? Well, I've, I've, I've blown them off before, mm -hmm. but I just went them off before, mm -hmm. but I just went that one that night. Why and do you it, think you did it that time? I don't know. I don't know. Cause I mean, it was nice out, you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was raining or it was, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, something, something made me go to that movement to, to that call out, you know what I mean? To, and that's what allowed you to stay in Monroe, right? Yeah. Cause if I would have got caught up, I would have got, I would have got sent out to probably Column Bay or Walla Walla. And at that time I was having visits and I was getting close to my ERD. I was getting close to being released and um, it was just, he said you had a change inside of you. Well, the, yeah, because I was I was going to church and I was doing Bible study. Like before, like I've been locked up before. I never done that before. You know what I mean? To, like it's kind of like a stigma in there. Like it's kind of like a weakness. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to church and doing Bible study, you look at it as you're weak. You know, it's changed now. But I mean, I was in there going to church. Bible was different. Like I was thinking about you know what am I going to do when I get out? Whereas before, I never thought about that. Type of thing. So, yeah. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So, so it's like it's not like he's leaving Sodom, but he's leaving the yard where there was a riot, right? And so, you know, we don't know when something could happen, and so that's why we want to be on point. You know, like we want to be watching and um, alert, okay, and paying attention and. You know, it's really interesting. I've been working on reading um, about just the, the idea of rebellion in the Bible. It's, rebellion is when we, we ignore the voice of God. You know, like when we just say, I, I'm going to do it my way. Right. And when we do things my way, you know, like Lot's wife, in a way, it's a pretty harsh thing to turn into salt. You know, I mean, maybe it's more like it's, it reflects kind of what happens to us. We, we end up withering up when we just go back 
to the old way when there's a way of escape that's offered to us, right? And so it's it's like death happens when we we don't seize that moment. Um, and um, and you know it's critical. Like I remember, I was climbing in the Alps, and uh, when I was 20, and uh, and I was doing some really some of the hardest climbs I'd done, and I was kind of at the peak of my climbing career, and I was thinking I was going to be a a life kind of climb, you know, a climbing guide. And that was going to be my, my, my calling. And, uh, but I was sort of kind of coming right to the end of it because I was seeing so many people die who were top expert climbers. And there were people that were coming to me and saying, Hey, let's do this route. Uh, I've got two weeks left on my vacation. And how about if we do it like next week? And I'd say, okay, and we do this. It would be yeah, like a big wall, you know, on, in the middle of the glaciers and ice and, and so I, I knew that the weather was, when, when the time came to do the climb, we were all ready to do it. I was like, man, there's bad weather, signs of bad weather. And the guy was like, come on, man, what's up with you? Like, aren't you game to just do this? I mean, like you said you were going to do it. And now you're just, you know, you're, you're wimping out on me. And I'm like, look, I know that if we get caught up in some bad weather on that climb, and that's how people were dying. You know, there was 120 people that died the summer I was there. And so I just had to basically tell the guy, look, okay, I'm going to wimp out. That's what you call it. Um, you're going to have to find someone else. I'm not, not going to climb it with you. He was so upset. And he was Mr. Colorado. He was this guy who was like, you know, no, he was a good climber, but he was like a super buff, like weight, weightlifter, builder, I mean, climber, you know, like super like tough guy. And anyway, so I had to just say no to Mr. Colorado. <laughs> But it's, it could have been my life, right? In his life. And so we want to be, we want to know when, sometimes that involves like feeling like we're wimping out. and People are looking down on us and going, oh man, Jason, like he's gotten religious or, you know, whatever it is, right? And we have to be willing to like suffer the, the, the pressure of the group, um, you know, that, that is trying to push us and pull us a certain way, right? And make choices that are, you know, that feel some ways socially suicidal. Yes. Um, don't you think that when it comes to Ross's wife, she actually was looking back and I always thought she was looking back in a way of, wow, look what I'm walking away from this part. You know, mm -hmm. so when people use the expression don't look back, you know, what I always think they're saying is that's over. We have to, yeah. I think that's right. And you know, it's like don't. It's like relapsing. Looking back would be like relapsing. And think about the people that we know that have relapsed and died that time. They're relapsing, and it's the same thing. But they're looking back, and there's part of them that is actually thinking about how great it was. You know. Yeah. And that—that's. You know, we know too many people in our community here. Oh, Midge was saying, you know, um, there's a there's an issue of, 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 you know, how maybe what is the problem with Lot's wife is that she's she was looking back, right, and and kind of imagining, reminiscing, and 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 that's a dangerous situation, you know, for people when we're in a situation where we need to escape, you know, um, and how that's what relapse is can be, and and we know many people that have died. Because they've looked back, so to speak, or maybe they've done more than look back. They've actually gone back. So Jesus is saying, look, right now, you got to move. Like if, if Jason hadn't gone for it right then and just made that choice, I'm going to the Bible study. 
you know, he would have been shipped out of there and, and we wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been coming to our regular Bible studies and who knows what his life would be. Yeah. And so. Next week, Siobhan's going to be sharing with us um, some, some, something that's kind of in alignment with this, like, you know, um, I'm not going to give up, give away her, her sermon, but, but, you know, I think God wants to teach us how to pay attention to, to his voice and how to be willing to like jump. And we need to be like in tune in a new way because our society is in a really dangerous moment. And we need to be careful that we're not paying attention to the wrong voices. That we're not. On the other hand, don't you think God gives us terrible and, and tough things to go through to mold us into the people we are at times? God lets us go through really tough situations to train us. Okay. I'm sure Jason's been through enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's your time for a pass, I think, Jason. But yeah. but seeing as a lot of times we're the ones that it's like I hear I've heard so many people say, well, there was. That guy had another prison sentence left in him, you know, like he wasn't ready. He really, he really wasn't ready to give in yet. Right. And so sometimes people just need another run. It's like, you know, you think you've reeled in a fish, but then there it goes on. If you're a fisherman, you would know that, that example. It's kind of like let your yes be yes and your no be no. And if you're still in the maybe, that's a problem. Why do you repeat that? You know, so it needs to be let our yes be yes and our no be a no. And if we're in this maybe realm, that's a problem. It's just saying. So, so you guys, I want I want us to learn how to be people who are super super like alert. You know, for, because we need it for our salvation, literally. You know, because it our choices can be life or death situations all the time, and God is speaking to us, and um, He says in in First Corinthians that. No trial will come to us without us being given a way of escape. No trouble, trial, tribulation, difficulty, affliction can ha will happen to us without God providing a way of escape. So the question is, are we like, do we know where the way of escape is? Do we know where the exit is, right? And do we go, and, and do we go it? And Jesus goes on and he says, um, so he says, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. In other words, it may feel like you're losing your life to go with what God's saying. Like for, for, for Lot and his wife, it, it was like losing their life. They left that town, which got destroyed. So, But that's how he saved his life, is by leaving his life. And think about leaving a life of addiction. You're losing all your friends, all your friends, your whole community, everyone you know, people that are in the trap houses who are great, beautiful people made in the image of God. We love those people. And so um, a lot of you guys, you love people that have gone through trials and difficulties, right? You're people who love violent and difficult, uh, you know, people that commit crimes. And we love people like that. Tierra Nueva is a people that love, a community that loves people like who are offenders, who have caught, gotten caught up in drama and addiction. So I get that, okay? But we have to love them enough to be able to warn them and love them enough to be able to leave a situation when it's dangerous, right? So Jesus goes on, I tell you, in, the, in, the, in that night, there will be two in bed. One will be taken, the other left. Okay? There will be two grinding together. One will be taken, the other left. I wonder what they mean, you know, how they're being taken by the cops. Maybe. And so we want to be like, 
um, that's that's what I want to. I just like to close with a prayer that we would be paying attention to to Jesus and not the crowd, right? Not the crowd, because the crowd might say things are going bad. Get your gun, get some more ammo. The ammo is going to be scarce, you know. And so um, now's the time before you know Biden comes and takes all of our guns away. You know, stock up. Okay, well, is that the voice to listen to? You know, or what's Jesus saying? Is that what Jesus is saying? Stock up. You know, we need to pay attention to Jesus, right? So let's pray. So God, I pray that you would help us to just uh, be on point and be awake and pay attention. And thank you that Jason had that experience where you really um, gave him an opportunity. And he chose to leave a situation that would have been a disaster. And it was a disaster for other people. And I just pray that all of us would would just be super um, attuned to your voice, Jesus. Thank you that you speak to us. And help us to be like these messengers, too, that are like able to go and warn other people like they did and, and be agents of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.